Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. Telling true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on cool. This is my advice to you. And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, what's up, GoBros? I got GoBro Mr. Joe Weschler on the line from Charleston, South Carolina. What is up, Joe? What's up, Pat? How you doing? Good, buddy. Hey, Joe, why don't you give uh, everybody a rundown of the story of your life from the day you were born until today? Yeah, okay. Well, thanks for having me, first of all. Good to be here. So let's see, I was born in upstate Connecticut, grew up moving around a lot, moved mostly around the New York area, New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts, lived in Portugal a little bit, just product of kind of nomadic gypsy parents. They were teachers. They got divorced at, at, when I was a, at a young age, and we just kind of floated around. Ended up going to college in the Midwest, in Ohio. Met my wife there. After that, I, you know, you got a college, and you're not really sure what you're going to do. I got into consulting a little bit, and then I was spent a year in consulting, and then got into uh, real estate development, construction management. So I started a small company with somebody else. I ran the whole construction side of things and we did all commercial real estate development work. I didn't know a lot about the real estate side. Like I said, I did all construction, but learned a lot. I uh, did that for about four years. And then in 2008, just before the bottom fell out, I left, I sold my shares of that company and went back to grad school full-time, got my MBA, um, did half of that overseas. My goal was to get into management consulting, which just sounded sexy. I didn't really know what it was, but spent about, I was successful in making that transition, spent about the last 10 or 12 years in consulting doing, you know, the first first half of that was with large international companies, probably went to 35 different countries, either with work related or otherwise. I had some pretty good good adventures on the fringes of that in between and then the last five years, I was a partner of a small consulting firm based in Charleston. I just sold that company last year. I uh, worked for them for another year and finalized my partnership with them earlier this year. So 
hopefully no more W-2s and I'm uh, in the process of buying some small companies and, and looking for what's next. That was very fast. Yeah, that's right. Tell me, tell me about your family. Uh, yeah, so I got uh, two kids, eight-year-old boy and a girl that's almost six. Uh, they're amazing. They couldn't be more different from each other, but you know, this year has been awesome. I spent a ton, ton of time with them. Uh, my wife went back to work this year for the first time in like six or seven years. She's a teacher. Um, so I've been doing a lot of the stay-at-home stuff, which has been great. Yeah. We moved to Charleston. Uh, like I said, I was traveling full-time for my my work. And uh, we ended up moving to Charleston to be near some family so that once we started having kids, my wife had a support system. So my sister and brother-in-law live two blocks away. My dad lives down here. Um, that's why we moved to Charleston in the first place. That's awesome. So uh, before we get into some of your one-sheet questions, I wanted to ask you some details under this. First of all, tell everybody about like what you just bought, right? You bought, you just bought two little companies. Tell me about that. Yeah. So actually, th- it's actually three, three companies, two sellers. One, one woman had two companies that were related. About a year ago, I decided I didn't want to be in consulting anymore. Uh, I didn't like the trading hours for dollars kind of thing and so much of the revenue being tied up in my time. So it was a lesson I learned too late in life to, <laughs> to not trade your time for money the way uh, most people do. So I, I got on the, on the horse of looking at buying small to mid-sized companies. I didn't know if I would do it bootstrapping or if I would try to raise some funds. Uh, in the end, I got some good advice from a lot of GoBros that if you can bootstrap it, bootstrap it. So that's what I'm doing. And I just started looking for, for companies. My initial net was very broad um, that I was casting. So I was looking at everything from small construction slash trade companies to manufacturing companies, uh, healthcare companies, distribution companies, and just learning as much as I could, reading books, listening to podcasts, just trying to figure out how to do it. I had sold and exited companies before, but never bought companies. At some point, I narrowed in on the industry of home health and home care. A lot of good things in that industry that checked the box for what my criteria was. And I probably took a really detailed look at a dozen of those companies. And yeah, I'm in the process of buying three of them right now, closing in the, like two weeks, hopefully. So Closing on all three? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you had already closed on one or two of them. So you're all you're no, there's ready one of them. There's one of them that uh, we haven't officially closed, but I've started with some of the operations already, like interviewing new hires and things like that. But it's just a matter of honestly getting the financing sorted out. But we've already started. But yeah, I haven't closed officially yet. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. And you know, so you've done. It, it's interesting. So you lived in Portugal as a kid. Uh, how did that happen? My grandmother and grandfather lived there, actually. It's another crazy story. My <laughs> my dad's mom married like six times that we know of. The, the last guy that she married was, uh, was on the board of TWA and was Howard Hughes's like co-pilot, if you will. Um, <laughs> Not literally, but yeah. literal wingman. Okay, <laughs> literal it. wingman, like his wingman, like his his, his business, uh, business chief profile, of, chief of staff or something. <laughs> exactly. So they, he actually, 
he actually owned a castle in Portugal and they spent about half their time there. And like I said, my parents were just kind of floaters and uh, we floated over there for two different stints actually and lived in the castle in Portugal, which is crazy. And then you did your MBA overseas as well. I did part of it in, in the States and then the other part of it in Milan, Italy at Bocconi, which is one of the top international schools. And I also did my internship over there. So I spent six months of my MBA overseas. Wow. Did you speak Italian? I did when I was there. I spoke pretty good Spanish beforehand, which got that all muddled up. And I probably could remember a little bit of it, but with wow. a few weeks. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Let's, uh, let's jump into your one sheet questions. And now, you know, we've changed, I changed this recently, actually just like two days ago. I mean, it's all, it's all pretty much the same questions, but I, I basically, I, I made them into ones that are kind of in line with the pillars. Uh, so not much has changed, but, uh, some, so First of all, let's talk about, let's start off with horizontal income. What sure. is your horizontal income, Joe? So for 2020, it would be 150000 That comes from, that's pretty much all from the sale of my equity in my former company. So in years past, it hasn't been that high. It's been maybe a third of that which is just based on the distribution related to the equity I owned in those companies, in that company. Okay. All right. And how many lines? So that's just one line, 250. And that's, and that's kind of like they're, it's on a payout. How long, how long does that last? Uh, I got a lump sum check earlier this year. Okay. Done. All right, cool. So, yeah. All right. And um, so what would you say your, HTNW is, which is your horizontal to net worth. You know, your horizontal lines divided by your net worth. Yeah, I mean, right. So, so right now it's probably about fifteen percent. Uh huh. For twenty twenty one, as I look forward at what it's going to look like owning these companies, I think I will probably take some vertical income out of the business related right. to time and job I spend. But I think my horizontal income will come will go up quite a bit with the purchase of these companies to like, yeah, I mean, what are you going to pay yourself a, 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 like a fat salary to kind of be the operator and then, and then yeah, it'd be a, the I'll think a reasonable salary of, you know, something less than a hundred thousand more than 80, um, <laughs> 90, <laughs> 90, okay, 90, but all that covers personal expenses and everything. And then the, the company will pay taxes and probably some benefits. So, the vertical side of that would probably be around 100 grand, 120 grand. And then the balance of it, you know, I think I would consider horizontal will be if things don't, if I don't screw it up, <laughs> year one will look like probably $400,000. Okay. And then what are your monthly expenses? Because I'm trying to figure out what percentage you will be. Yeah, monthly. Can I do annually? Because that's how I have it. Yeah, yeah, annually. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Including taxes, about 120 grand. Wow, 10 grand a month. So, okay, yeah. So uh, you'll be uh, if all goes well, you'll be a 300 percenter by this time next year. Right. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty special. Wow. All right, cool. And let's talk about your debt. 
what is your debt to net worth ratio? This would be recourse debt, debt that you've signed personally for, you know, uh, uh, proportionate to your net worth. Yeah. So uh, once these deals close, it'll be almost one to one. So the, the companies I'm buying, I'm buying with recourse debt, which I think I'm hoping it's the only time I have to do that. So one, one joint SBA loan for the purchase of the companies that are personally guaranteed, and it will be almost what my net worth is. So you'll, you'll have debt equivalent to the net worth that you have, the equity in your primary residence, the money you have saved in the bank. So essentially, that would be 100%, right? Almost 100%. Yeah, I don't have my primary residence in my net worth calculation. Okay. Uh, So all my net worth is cash, basically cash. So you'd be, so you'd owe just as much as you have saved. So about 100%. Okay. Okay. Now, I guess that doesn't include the value of the company. Well, certainly... Uh, because you have debt against it. It would only be the equity of the company. Like if the company's worth $4 million and you owe $3 million, you, you know, you, it's only a million dollars worth of net worth. Worth of net worth, right. Yeah. It's like a down payment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I will have as much debt as I have as cash in the bank. Okay. So 100%. Yeah. All right. And what other asset classes... Besides your primary residence, uh, real estate, and senior living uh, businesses, uh, are you invested in? Right now, none. So I sold, I had a couple of rental properties and sold them all last year at the very end of 2019. And one of my huge big goals is to to get into some of that, you know, I want to buy another couple businesses, but I also want to diversify a little bit and, and do some real estate probably syndications just because I don't have the time, energy, or know how to do it in the same way that most people in this tribe do. But yeah, that's a big gap for me. All right, cool. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, now we're going to switch gears and we're going to go into the other pillar, health and age-defying health. How much do you weigh? This morning, I was 188. Okay. What's your body fat? 10%. Nice. What's your daily diet like? I'd say 80% of the days it's pretty clean. I got into, let's see, when I was traveling internationally, I, I just was drinking beer and eating fried stuff. I spent a lot of time in like Northern Europe, which is all kind of heavy. And I was just was young and didn't think about it. And then we were having our first kid and I was like, man, I got to get in better shape. <laughs> I just, I want to be a good role model and, and be healthy for all that. I was the heaviest I'd been ever and I never realized it. So I went, I, the pendulum swung pretty hard for me and I, I got super serious for like six months and I lost 35 pounds and started working out. Holy shit. And like how, how'd you do it? Yeah. I mean, I, I joined a CrossFit gym, never having done anything like that. I did some, some like 
whole life challenges that were everything from diet, nutrition, mindfulness, water consumption, sleep. And I just went all in on it. The whole point of it was not to be super extreme forever, but to just form some good long lasting habits. Mm. And that really helped me because without being perfect, I've been able to maintain that pretty well. I think I'm probably in the best shape of my life right now. Yeah, 10% is awesome, dude. That's that's great, especially and that was maybe I, I think uh, that was a year ago when I actually did like a real test. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm in better shape now. What, uh, what about exercise? What's your exercise routine? So for fun, I play ice hockey a couple times a week. But I probably, I think I work out like six days a week. And I have a personal trainer send me a program every Sunday night. I do most of it at home. A lot of body weight stuff. And then like sandbags. And I got into rucking earlier this year. Mm, yeah, we did that as a GoBundance local chapter in Charleston, South Carolina. We rucked across a four-mile bridge. And that, that, that was a great activity. I highly recommend it if you're looking for something to do with your with your chapter, guys. Just throw 30, 40 pounds. I, th- I, I think Joe did 100 pounds in a, in a, a backpack and just walked. Yeah, it's fun. it was fun. I, I signed up for a rucking event earlier this year, and I completed that in October. It's 12 hours with, I think my pack was about 55 to 60 pounds, 12 hours continuous, and it was very hard, very intense. Crazy. Yeah. So. Wow. Good stuff. All right. So let's move on to the third pillar of abundance, which is authentic relationships. Uh, you've already told us about your family and uh, your two children. So I'm going to ask you, and this is a brand new question. I'm going to ask you, put you on the spot a little bit, Joe. I'm going to ask you it, it, about your adult relationships, right? So if you died today, who would you name as your six pallbearers? Yeah, adult relationships. I mean, I think one of the reasons we all joined this group is because we need more stronger positive adult relationships i probably have like three people that are not my dad or brother outside of this tribe that i would consider pallbearer people people that'll have like hard conversations with me one of them is a college friend another one is a high school friend who i don't see enough actually i mean he's actually coming with me on my trip starting tomorrow so i'm really excited about that um and then my brother-in-law i don't know if that counts um, yeah, well, you need you need a minimum of six. I actually looked it up this morning. You know, you'll have a lopsided with just three, but you can have your brother-in-law, you can have your dad, you can have, you know, it doesn't matter, right? This is real life. So okay. your yeah. high school friend, your college friend, your brother-in-law, that's three. Probably my younger brother, who's half brother, but, you know, full, full brother in the heart, right? Yeah. Um, he's 12 or 13 years younger than me, and we lean on each other a lot for stuff. Uh, and then, honestly, some of the relationships I've I've started to make through GoBundance have been super influential for me. Um, I don't know if anybody's pallbearer status yet, but I, you know, <laughs> I mean, my GoPod has gotten super close. We got to spend the weekend together a couple weeks ago. Awesome. So I wouldn't be surprised if they get named at some point. That's great, dude. That's awesome. Okay, so let's talk about your life happiness index. Uh, what is what is your life happiness index score? What is the average number there? So uh, when I did this a few weeks ago, it was 6.18. And, wow. Uh, 
Yeah, that's that's pretty low. I mean, like, what? Which what, which category is bringing that down the most, or one or two must be bringing it down? Yeah, my GoPad pushed back on that a little bit. They thought I was being a little too hard on myself, but it was uh, the the lowest one by far was horizontal income. Okay, I didn't think about the at that point. I wasn't thinking about the income I've gotten from the equity of my companies as really horizontal income. So it's maybe a little bit too harsh. But, you know, the lesson of buying assets and assets being things that pay you and create your income is not, not something I learned until really this year, honestly, before my, my big realization was instead of just like earning an income and getting a job, my mind shifted from that to generating revenue and being responsible for revenue. Uh, in your life and I thought that was like huge paradigm shift for me I'm not just trying to maximize my paycheck I'm trying to figure out how to really generate revenue for myself Mm -hmm. but that only got me so far because I was still just maximizing my cash every year instead of figuring out how to find assets Um, so that was the one that brought that life happiness yeah well you've you've certainly you know I was I was reading an email from business partner yesterday and this, she was just so full of victimhood. It was all about everything that's wrong. What's going wrong in COVID and competitors and all that. And I just, you know, I was thinking about how I was going to respond today. And I'm thinking I was going to respond just like, well, what do you, what do you plan to do about it? And it certainly, you've already answered that question, which I commend you on. Like you, you're buying three companies. So, I mean, you're going to jack that number. That 6.1 is definitely going to be jacked as you definitely have a plan of action here. So, so that's awesome. So let's uh, go to pillar number four, genuine contribution. What is your give back ratio? The, the amount you gave to charity last year or last 12 months divided by your adjusted gross income on your, on your taxes. So the ratio is 5%. Um, I don't, which I think is probably low. I don't give like write checks a lot so that all of that came from time. Nice. Um, So, you know, depending on how you value your time. You got to value it. That's that's what we do at GoBundance. You value it. You just pick a number, $250 an hour or whatever, and then you add up the hours and that would be included in that 5%. Yeah, so that's how I came up with it. I, I'm pretty active in uh, one charity in particular, Make-A-Wish, which is probably familiar to most people. But Yeah. Yeah, so I'm a wish grantor, which is really, really rewarding. I am essentially the face of the organization to the families and the kids and help them discover what their wish is going to be. So literally, they'll spend a couple hours in their homes brainstorming the thing that'll be the most impactful for them and understanding what they call the heart of the wish, like why is it so important for them? I don't do any of the facilitation of the actual wish itself in terms of like, okay, I want to meet LeBron. I don't go call LeBron's agent and say, LeBron, you got to meet right. <laughs> the, the, the local or national organization does all that stuff, but I'll stay in touch with the kid and the family for the period of time between the first meeting and the, and when they actually experience that wish and then send them off of the party. So I love, I love that job. I don't know if I ever told you this story, um, it's probably a story for to have uh, at a bar, but uh, <laughs> but I'll I'll bring it up on this podcast. I actually got fired from that job. I did it. I did it for a couple of years, and it, I loved it. I mean, I I 
I, I made some great connections and I, I helped a lot of kids. I helped a girl meet Beyonce. I helped a girl uh, meet Bruno Mars. Uh, tons of dis- tons of Disney worlds, like one and two are Disney. Yeah. As you know, you know, anyways, it's some really cool stuff. And I had a situation where it was a kid. He had cancer. He eventually, unfortunately, he eventually died like many of them do. I've, I've been to a couple funerals of, of some of the kids I, I dealt with, but, um, the, um, he wanted a, he wanted a arcade and, uh, he rented an apartment and I, you know, I kind of got too involved. Like I really, like I really wanted yeah. uh, to make it happen. And, and they, they were dragging their feet and he was getting sicker. And I was like, here, I'll pay for it. Anyways, to make a long story short, they shipped after I did all this work on the arcade, I even got like discounted, arcades from uh, from this from you know uh, dave and busters and stuff we're going to donate arcade stuff they shipped it they said maybe we should uh, you know go to cayman islands and swim with the turtles but then then they were like well we have this weird rule where we can pay for everything but we can't pay for the um passports and Mm -hmm. this family was broke they didn't have any money so i paid for the whole family's passports and then I had them um, overnighted, and I don't know what happened. I can't even remember at this time. It was like seven years ago. But um, uh, they basically said that uh, I got too involved. <laughs> so they said you I, I can't got, do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got I got sideways with what the girl that was in charge of me. Like she was moving too slow, and I was like, I was you know, saying, you know, you know, here's the thing, but here's how I know, and this is my side of the story, how I was right. Unfortunately, he, he died about a week, literally a week after they got back from swimming with the turtles. And they wouldn't have went if I hadn't got so involved in, like, I was like, you know, I had to go to, you have to pay cash for like the passports and stuff. If you get them, you know, you know, the pictures taken and all that stuff and get them done. It just it's, it was a big deal and it was rushed. And that, it, as we are, we're all resourceful entrepreneurs. Right. But yeah. Like you give us a challenge. We want to go and get shit done. And I just got into it. And then the, the lady was like, you're moving too fast. You're doing too much, you know. And I was kind of pissed off because they took away his arcade. And I was like, so, you know, just they switched at the last minute, rightfully so, because he was getting sicker. And they didn't want an arcade, you know, left over, although he would have had it for a couple, three months at least, probably, if they'd stuck with that. Anyways, I got yeah. fired, and that was it. I can't do that anymore, else I'd still do that. So uh, let's move it is, on. It is hard not to get too involved. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, fun to, it's fun to do it. It's fun to talk to my kids about it. You know, they know I, I tell them about the, the visits I'm doing, and I think it gives them a little bit of, of grace also. Absolutely. All right. So let's move on. Pillar number five, extreme accountability. Tell me about your GoPod. Who's in it and how often do you meet? Oof, yeah, we're, we're, we're really hitting our stride here. We meet every week, once a week over Zoom, which is, you know, we were worried that was too frequent, but, but I think we've all recommitted, like we've had to recommit a couple of times, but I think it's really good. So myself, Doug Orr, who's in Indiana. Eric Cabral is a badass in Philly. Bo McMahon, another just 
stellar like he's a cop in the boston area but i think he's quitting that job now because his real estate development business is is taking off and then dom nigro um who's a business owner in philly as well so there's five of us we have another guy josh lewis who was a he's i think he's no longer a member officially of go abundance but um makes six so yeah, once a week we're pretty hard on on each other. We have weekly accountability, and then we run the good, the the one sheets, and then you know yeah, it's it's been really good. We need to get better at rewards and punishments for when we meet or don't meet our accountability things. But other than that, we do a good job of holding each other accountable. And you met recently, like outside of Zoom, right? Tell me about that. Yeah, we spent we. <laughs> it's something that. We set a goal for ourselves to do by the, before the end of the year um, was to, to do a long weekend and have like a real accountability weekend. We spent the weekend at uh, Josh McCallan's winery outside of Philadelphia, Renault, which was a perfect spot. Uh, Eric in my group is one of the investors there as well. So he was able to show us, show us the ropes and give us a tour. So we spent two nights there, I believe, and did some fun things like went to a shooting range, did the winery thing. Uh, had some time set up for golf that we ended up not playing golf because we got too hung up in the accountability stuff, but um, put everybody on the hot, hot seat. The six calls we had leading up to it, we focused on one pillar each week and had like deep conversations about what they meant to all of us with the goal of including goals for each of them in our one sheet conversations that were that weekend. So pretty good group. Yeah. That sounds awesome, dude. That's great. And uh, very good. Very, it's perfect. It's perfect. Okay, what's your, you know, I'm looking for one business goal, one personal goal you're trying to achieve in the next 12 months. Yeah, so uh, business goal, um, I'm going to give two. I want to buy another business or at least start that process. And I want, I want to buy two, actually. Another one that's in the same industry of what I'm doing now, that home care, home health. But I also want to invest in or and or buy one in a different industry. And I've, I've actually got a line on a manufacturing company uh, machine shop that I would partner with somebody. It's in Cleveland, Ohio. So meeting with them in January. And then the, the second one is invest in real estate one way or another. Either give somebody some money <laughs> to go do it for me or uh, find the right deal. Uh, I think there's great opportunities in my GoPod, but that's a, kind of a limited scope as well. And what about a personal goal in so, the next 12 months? I think probably the biggest personal one is my wife and I have been really talking about but not doing yet, getting into the rhythm and cadence of having a weekly family meeting mm. and setting up like family goals. So we've joined some of the fan abundance calls and we've, she and I have talked about how we'd want to do it, but we haven't implemented that yet. So that's, that's great, it. dude. There you go. You put it out there. So I'll keep you accountable to that next time I see you. Wonder how your family board meetings yeah. are going. Cool. Good. All right. Last bucket list. Uh, last pillar is called a bucket list adventures. You're getting ready to leave tomorrow on a bucket list adventure. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> This is crazy, but I'm leaving tomorrow and my mother and I are going to a private ranch in Wyoming and we are building an ice 
bar slash ice hotel building for some rich dude on his bison ranch in Wyoming. Yeah, there's a long, long story there. Um, 15 years ago, we got to go, she and I went to the ice hotel in Sweden on the construction crew. So she was kind of um, having a low time in her life. And she's like, I got to get out of here. This place looks cool. So we made it happen. Um, I helped her get out there. And long, you know, since then, it's been 15 years. We, we literally just showed up and said, give us a shovel and show us what to do. And we've been back every year since in one capacity or another at the it's the original arctic circle ice hotel in sweden kind of thing which is just should be on anybody's bucket list she's written a book there she's taught classes there she started a company on arctic tourism all based on that one year where we made it happen um so earlier this year she was contacted by the ranch manager of a private ranch in wyoming um, the guy that owns the ranch is somebody that we would all know of. He owns one of the major league baseball teams in the country. He's uh, founder of a company we've all heard of, Billionaire. So I'm gonna I'm having dinner with him Friday night this week. I'm excited about that. Oh wow! Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Um, yeah. So anyway, the ranch <laughs> the ranch manager called her and said, "We think we want to build an ice hotel, and from what I can see, you're the only person in the country that would know how to do it." She said, yeah, I can do it. My son and I will do it. So, <laughs> yeah, we're going. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, do you have a list of questions you're going to ask the billionaire? You know, I started thinking about that last night. I couldn't sleep because of that. I didn't know if I was going to meet him until earlier this week. Um, I didn't know if he'd be there or not while I was there. But I, I think I think, I think, think there's – I mean, I think they'll flow off. But you certainly you should say, you know, here's the situation. I bought these three businesses – if you bought these three businesses, what would you do with them? With the, you know, pr, you know, with the same amount of money that I have, right? Not with his money because he just probably spend money on them. But you know what I mean? Like with my budget, what would you do? I would, I would definitely ask that. What would you? Do? What, what, what three things would you immediately do? That's a good one. I mean, I, I started thinking: Do I, do I ask him things about my business? Do I ask him about his? You know, he bought this ranch and he's turned it into a huge business. And I wonder, was he just looking for an escape and then got bored out there? I was like, man, I got all this land. I should make a business out of it. He's the second largest bison rancher in the country behind Ted Turner. So, <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah, man, I'd bring a journal and I'd have the questions ready. So, you, you know what I mean? I just People respect that, right? They respect intense business, other intense businessmen or business women that are that are you know, you, you know, rather than just wasting their time with with surface type stuff. You know what I mean? Because if you bring a journal, and you write the answers to it. It's it's showing that you're actually gonna, you know, go back to it and, and implement it. And uh, and of course, you know, ask him if you can <laughs> if you can put his cell number in your phone. And you could text him, you know, for the rest of your life. You could text him, uh, you know, for pieces of advice here and there. You know, don't I wouldn't be afraid of that. I mean, you're the guy that you're building up a, a bar in his house for him for two weeks in the freezing cold, uh, you know. And, and he probably gives out his cell phone number to millions of people, and they never text him. And you might not never text him, but I would definitely 
make that like a final goal is be like, do you mind if I, you know, text you one, uh, you know, once or twice uh, in the future if I have really high level questions, you know. That's great. I love that. Yeah. And I would do that. I would definitely, if he, if he gave it to me, I'd reach out because I'm sure he's got uh, endless pieces of advice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the richer people get, I think the more that they like giving advice because it's, it's, it's something that they're confident with and, and can, uh, and can back up, you know what I mean? It's like bulletproof because they, they've done it. It's coming from them. Yeah. Even if it's bad advice, you know, <laughs> like Robert Kiyosaki, like he gives so much advice and so, a lot of it is like crazy advice or, or even wrong, but, but he can keep giving it and people will keep taking it uh, just because he is who he is. Cause he, cause you know, he, he, uh, he, a lot of his advice is, is, is spot on, you know, it was great advice. So anyways, that's, uh, that's going to be awesome, dude. Uh, I look forward to that. Tell me about, um, if you had to name like your three past greatest, uh, three past greatest hits in your life, uh, three, three brilliant things have happened to you. Uh, what would they be? Yeah. I think I mentioned the ice hotel. That was pretty epic. Um, yeah. I think personally, like a personal accomplishment that I'm super proud of is, um, I've always been into sports. I've played hockey and rugby my whole life and talked about some of that like being fit now, but the biggest thing was making team USA on the skeleton crew. I've always been a huge. What's that mean? Skeletons, the the skeleton team. Skeleton is, uh, you know, the luge or bobsled. Yeah. Yeah. Skeleton is where you're going head first. Okay. So I tried out for that and made team USA and trained at the Olympic training center in Lake Placid. And Oh, really? (laughs) That's funny. I was, I've always loved the Olympics and I was turning 30 and I hadn't made the Olympics yet. So I had to pick a sport that was kind of obscure that didn't have a, you know, you have to be 17 and have done it your whole life. So I called the skeleton coach and he's like, yeah, come try out. (laughs) And I made the team. And you made the team. Yeah. Did you compete? I just competed. So yes, I competed in the States only in national events only. I never did an international race because started looking at the path to actually get into the Olympics. And at that time I was married. I had my MBA. I was working for a consulting firm. I was commuting from DC to Lake Placid for training. So I did the one season and then I was like, I think I scratched the itch on that one, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. The, the other one I had written down was I was in a acapella group in college among the other things I did, which is just a random thing. I don't know how to read music. I don't play any instruments, uh, but I enjoy singing and I joined an acapella group and that's how I met my wife. So uh, we were in the same acapella group together and and all the cliches of like how corny acapella is are real, which is kind of funny too. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. And the, the other one is living internationally, I think probably and having been so many places, I think, my parents always encouraged it. I was able to do it as a young adult. And then my wife and I did it together. And I think you know, 40 countries, kind of all continents, really give you a good perspective on everything else. So looking forward, I want to do that with my kids at some point when they're the right age, live overseas for a year or two and 
at least give them that same exposure that I had. Yeah. So that would be a, a future greatest hit, you know, live, live overseas with your kids. What, what else do you have on the future greatest hits list? Uh, we're planning a two month RV trip next year, 2021. So that's going to be awesome. A lot to learn. Got half of it planned. Um, any advice out there is welcome. <laughs> More, I, I'm really excited about Go Abundance Adventures, actually. You should talk. Wait a minute. Did you talk to Jason Shimpa? No. I'll write that down, though. Jason Shimpa. I'll try to make a, I'll make a connection. He's been, he's been in his RV. He's a GoBro. He's been in our, his RV like the last two years with his family. Yeah. yeah I, I mean... I feel like two months isn't really enough, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll connect you guys. Yeah, that's great. So I'm looking forward to go, go abundance adventures. Actually, you know, I've been, I signed up for a 48 hour adventure race in the spring. I've been watching that show the long way up with you uh, and McGregor, where they do the motorcycle trip from the very bottom of South America, all the way up to Los Angeles. And oh, he's, wow. done it, he's done it a couple of times. There's a, there's, a motor like a 37 day motorcycle trip in oh, Africa that I wanted that I've been looking at that would be kind of awesome so I'm going to do something like that in the next five years probably yeah well uh go abundance Australia 2021 we have the the rugby Australian rules football uh it's basically rugby um on a on a bigger field uh, we got championship tickets and I think I budgeted 500 bucks or something for each member. And we're going to bet on the same team <laughs> and wear jerseys for that team because the, uh, the whole thing is like so manic the way they get into those rugby games and stuff. Oh, that's but awesome. Uh, I went to the Rugby World <laughs> Cup in Japan in October last year. How was it? Oh, it was awesome. Great. So good. Went with some buddies that live in England and toured Japan for two weeks and went to a bunch of games and just rooted for whoever team we wanted to that day. It was great. Insane, man. All right, so let's um, let's wrap this up with a spin of the uh, GoBundance app. You ready? Let's do it. All right, Joe. What's the most you have spent on a gift for someone? <sighs> Most I've spent on a gift for somebody. My wife and I don't give each other gifts a lot. Actually, we, we do trips instead. So I'm not going to count that because we do spend money on trips. So a bunch yeah. of like real gift. Whew. Let's see. I bought my father a new set of custom golf clubs, mm. uh, which was about 2500 bucks. In terms of a gift, like a physical gift, that's probably the most. Now I've also like bailed both of my parents out, not necessarily not out of jail, but like I need it. I need I need twenty grand, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I've done that. I usually try to collect it back. I know I don't always get it. Um, I don't know if that counts as a gift or not, but yeah, a twenty thousand dollar check is a gift. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean that's a gift. That's a gift, yeah. especially if you don't expect it back. You know. I try to hold them accountable to get it in it back <laughs> um, just out of principle, but I, I don't give it expected. It's it. hard, man. It's so yeah. hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's, that's probably the most though. The, the golf set. 
That's awesome, dude. All right, Joe. Well, listen, the best of luck in your ice castle building in Montana. I look forward to uh, finding out who the billionaire is, seeing the <laughs> selfie, talking to you all about it, and uh, seeing pictures of the work that you guys did. I hope you will post uh, those on the, in the Facebook group uh, when you come back or as you're, as you're there, because that's a hell of a hell of a memory there so well, we're kind of making it up as it as it goes so if uh, if it works i'll post pictures there you go <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome dude all right brother well i'll be seeing you soon then thanks so much for uh bearing your soul on the go abundance podcast that no, was fun thanks pat we'll talk soon bye yeah in life to be honest I failed as much as I've succeeded, but I love my wife, I love my life, and I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can see.